Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. From Eisenhower to Obama in two generations. From Ben Casey to Nurse Jackie in two generations. From mutual assured destruction to assured national destruction, two generations. From Evan Rude to always Rude in two generations. From John Wayne to Lady Gaga in two generations. From I Spy to I Cry in two generations. From I Love Lucy to I Love Loosely in two generations. From Al Einstein to Al Gore in two generations. From I Have a Dream to I Have a Scheme in Two Generations. From Catcher in the Rye to Catch Up on the Fly in Two Generations. Starlets to Harlots, Preachers to Breachers, Athletes to Sexletes, Rabbis to Sandflies, Boy Scouts to Toy Scouts, Girl Scouts to Twirl Scouts, From the Eagle to the Beagle in Two Generations. From LSD to ADD, From Cardigans to Partykins, From Cub Scouts to Scouting Cubs. From Aspirin to Oxycontin. From Lady Jane to Let's Get Insane. From Science to Lyance. From Law to Claw. From Zip Guns to Machine Guns. From Manhattans to Cosmos. From Red Book to Spread Books. From Acorn the Tree to Acorn the Spree. From Babies to Puppies. From Guppies to Yuppies. From private vets to private jets. From soldiers who kill to soldiers without will. From lassie to sassy. From religion to pigeons. From eons to peons. From rapists to offenders. From stickball to speedballs. From gallo to Lafitte. From Matus to Chartreuse. From Milltown to Prozac. From the Air Force to a Bear Force. 
From the Navy to loose gravy. From the Army to I'm Swarmy. From Israel to Fizzreel. From Taiwan to Spizwan. From the Dragon and the Eagle to the Dragon and the Beagle. From Dragsters to Drag Queens. From Redwoods to Deadwoods. From Health Foods to Wealth Foods. From Heroes to Zeros. From UFOs to IOUs. From Hirsute to Lawsuit. From Melarolls to Melanine. From Niagara to Viagra. From Coney Island to Survival Island. From the Five Families to the Sly Families. From Al Capone to Sly Stallone. From Ike to Spikes. Truman to Untruman. Truman to Untruman. From Truman to the Untruman. From Reagan to Swayman. Rayburn to Pelosi. From the Eagle to the Beagle. From the Bible to the Legal. That's the story of America the Great to America that Greats. And that is the opening to the Savage Nation on the uh, kickoff day of uh, Fight for America. The book is in the stores. I found that piece because it was done predating Trump in about 2015 while we were under the oppression of the biggest fraudster in the history of the American presidency, Barack Hussein Obama, the man who seeded the race war we're going through now, the man who gave a green light to killing police with impunity. And I put together that, I tentatively called it from the eagle to the beagle, because I'm looking back on it and it made me chuckle because I was so right in some ways, perhaps I was wrong in some ways. Don't think I was wrong in what I predicted. Now today is book day, and I'm going to ask you about the book a little later on. You know, did you go into the store? Did they have it hidden under feminine hygiene products in the back of the uh, store? Did they have uh, our fight for America in the pet section upside down? Or was it prominently displayed as it should be? As you know, I am the underdog in the American conservative media, if not the American media per se, as one of the national figures who has survived all these years, despite, <laughs> despite all the odds, uh, I am still the underdog. And I guess I always like being an underdog. I always like being a counterpuncher. In that regard, I am an American. Remember, America is hard to define. I keep asking, can America survive? If you look at the top of the Drudge Report, I know many of you are mad at the Drudge Report, but it's still the most important website in the world, whether we like it or not. And my publisher took an ad for the book, Our Fight for America. I disagreed with them because they published a statement which says a clear vision of what America must do to survive. I don't know what that means. I wouldn't have used that copy. I mean, if you're saying it's a clear vision, what is that vision? So I'm going to ask you, the audience, what is my clear vision of what America must do to survive? Moreover, what is your clear vision of what America must do to survive? Because America's survival is hanging like a loose tooth right now. I was asked the other day by Jennifer Harper of the Washington Times, how can America win the war with itself? And I answered her, I think, rather succinctly. It's one paragraph, and here's the answer. The true America is not fighting with itself. The true America is fighting a foreign ideology. Communism is foreign to freedom. Communism is foreign to business. Communism is foreign to religion. America can win this war against tyranny only after the nation realizes that the enemy is not itself, but an alien, tyrannical system of oppression 
disguised as liberation, equality, and fairness. The enemies of our freedom must be exposed, fought and defeated for the nation to heal and survive. That's a lot of words. Well, that's my vision. First, we have to define who our enemy is. And notice it's not a racial enemy, it's an ideology. Our foreign enemy is communism. Oh, it's disguised as democratic socialism. That's how the worst man in the history of American politics who should have been deported at birth, Bernie Sanders, him and his rotten, stinking family, look what they sowed on this planet. It's as though Karl Marx or Engels or Lenin has come back or Trotsky has come back to haunt the United States of America, this filthy, disgusting, degenerate, left-wing liar. Bernie Sanders is who poisoned the minds of millions of people and gave birth to the spawn known as the squad. It's his hatred for America that has spawned the civil war that we are now facing. And make no mistake about it, we're in a civil war. The only thing is it's only one side that's shooting, and that's the wrong side, the left side, the communist side. That's the side that's shooting now, burning, breaking things. The minds have been poisoned. And the question is, how do we save America? But what is America? How do you define America? What is America? So before I give you my ideas in our fight for America, first we have to define our terms. What is America? It's not Ozzie and Harriet. It's not a married white couple with 2.3 children living in a suburban 3.2 bedroom house uh, in the suburbs with a white picket fence. There are some like that, but very few. That's not America. That's the America of the 50s. It's the one I grew up in, where the mom stayed home and made sure the family was flying straight. Dad went to work and made enough money to take care of the house and one car and one little vacation. That was the America I grew up in. It'd be nice if I could live in that world, but I can't. It's no longer here. It's gone with the wind. Where did it go? Where did it go? What happened to our America? Well, there's a thousand reasons it died, but is it completely dead? The predominant America racially is still European American. I don't like to use the word white because it's an overly, um, I should say, inaccurate description of the people known as European Americans. To lump all white people together is so racist, it's astonishing. Are you a Hungarian-American, Italian-American, Irish-American, English-American, Norwegian-American? I name all the countries in Europe. They're all different. They come from different lineages. But the racists would say that there are, there's a race called white. It's the same thing with black people. Would you say all blacks belong in one category? You'd be wrong. You've got everything ranging from the street thugs called Black Lives Matter all the way up to warriors fighting in the military for America's survival against enemies foreign. So no, you can't define people by one word, one convenient word. And then what about Asian Americans? Who are they? You think you can lump them all in one category? You can't. All different. All different societies. Different beliefs. You then have the sexual orientation issue. The predominant number of American people are heterosexual male plus female people. Make no mistake about it. Despite what CNN or Hollywood tries to tell you, the predominant number of Americans are straight white, uh, straight heterosexual of any race. That's it, period. 
But then within that large category of sexual orientation, you certainly have gay or homosexual, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, Y gender, X gender, T gender, we gender, D gender, fluctuating gender. But it's a small group of people. Again, you can't define people in America by their sexuality. So what is America? What is this country we're trying to save? Can America win this war with itself? That's the question. And I don't know that I have the single answer. I try to define America as an idea, not as a people. America is really an idea. What will America look like a year from now? Will the electoral pendulum swing left or right? Are we staring into the abyss? These are heavy questions, I realize, that you want simple answers. You want me to say plugs Joe or dumb Joe or sleepy Joe, like the dummies in talk radio. That's not enough for me. If you want to know who I am, you want to try to define me, go ahead, try to define me. Be stupid if you want to call me one name or another. You'd be wrong. You don't know who I am. You have no idea who I am. Unless you've listened to this show over a period of time and heard all of the differences in my views on various topics. You don't know who I am. It's easy to categorize people. I put up a panel of pictures on michaelsavage.com that are unique. I don't think we've published them yet. And I ask, who would he vote for? If you got a minute, go to michaelsavage.com. I found some photographs, black and white photographs, of me in the age bracket of 18 to 21. In the top picture, I'm sitting astride an AC Bristol sports car with a smashed <laughs> left headlight with, with bad tape over it. It's in front of an apartment house in Queens, New York. Now, I, I found a, a shyster guy in Manhattan who used to rent out exotic cars. I don't know how he did it. He probably was a garage that stored cars, and the guy was renting them out on the side. I didn't know I was a kid. So you could rent these cars for two, three days for a certain price. So I loved it. I used to get these exotic cars and race them around New York City. In this case, I raced it around a little too uh, wildly and broke the headlight on it, taped it with some <laughs> masking tape. That car's worth millions of dollars today. It's the progenitor uh, of, of the AC uh, Cobra. But it was an AC Bristol. What a car. I never forget driving up the, uh, the highway on that one, the Hutchinson River Parkway, how that car felt. It felt like an airplane about to take off. So there's one Michael. Then there's the Michael on the right. He's 18 years old. And he's on the campus of Queens College with a book in his hand or some papers, trying to look like the Glade, looking pretty rugged. Who, who would he vote for today, I ask myself. Then later on, there's a picture of me in my 20s, my hair cut short, looking like the deranged poet that I was, holding a fern in my hand next to a radiator. I know exactly where that picture was taken. It was a taken during a summer I was a young teacher, and I took a National Science Foundation fellowship for one summer at that time in Reed College, if you can believe it, one of the most liberal, crazy colleges on earth right now. Reed College, Portland, Oregon, I was studying psychology, rats in a little cage, stuff like that. So there I was sitting next to the radiator. Who would he vote for? I asked myself, who would the young Michaels vote for? Would he vote for Trump? Would he vote for Biden? You know what my answer is? I'll give it to you when I come back right here on the Savage Nation. Savage. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's PG. 
Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 510 declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, I could slip right into a nostalgia shot right now and forget my book, forget America, forget Trump, forget Biden, forget myself, forget you, forget me, forget radio, forget income, forget outcome, but I'm not going to do it. The real answer is you're the answer. You're America. I think America can be defined by those who are highly political. I think the rest of the people don't know who they are, what they are, where they are, nor do they care. Whether you're a fanatical communist or a fanatical patriot who'd like to kill the communists to save America, you're still defined to me as an American. That is definitely true. But there's no single America. So what are we fighting for? Because it's one, two, three, four. What are we fighting for? Remember the 60s? So I'm going back again. Today is going to be a little odd for you. What is your clear vision for America to survive? I'm asking you. You got to give me that. I mean, you could give it to me from my book. You can give it to me from your head. We know America's at war right now. But it's no longer with Al-Qaeda. It is at war with a foreign ideology introduced into America long before that trash Bernie Sanders came along and poisoned the minds of millions of youth by peddling an old ideology that had been sold to Russia initially, resulted in 30 million dead in Russia after Bernie's ancestors got through with Russia. It was alien to China, by the way, but picked up by the murderer Mao Zedong, resulted in the death of 40 to 50 million Chinese after Bernie's ideology was tried in China. The ideology being pushed by occasional cortex and the girls in the so-called squad will result in millions of deaths in this country. It's an old ideology. The devil tried it in Russia. He tried it in China. He tried it in Cambodia. Wherever Bernie Sanders' ideology has been tried, millions have died. That's a nice rhyme. It's got iambic pentameter. Wherever Bernie Sanders' ideology has been tried, millions have died. Not bad. But who would you vote for if you were 18 years old today? I'm looking at myself in the pictures on michaelsavage.com. That guy doesn't even know who was in the presidency at the time. All he cared about was fast cars and fast women. Savage. We know how to do this. The Obama-Biden administration rescued the auto industry and helped them retool. We made solar energy cost-competitive with traditional energy. You're a liar. And weatherized more than a million homes. It's just, just the beginning if we get reelected. You know, the guy is, in addition to being senile, I have a friend who is a very famous psychiatrist. 
Of course, he'll remain unnamed. And I haven't seen him in a long time. I talked with him yesterday. And I didn't want to make it political. I wanted to make it personal. So he said to me clearly that Biden has dementia. Clearly, as a doctor. Clearly is demented. I said, well, define dementia. He said, just say Joe Biden. That's dementia. He said he's clearly demented. He has dementia. He's unqualified to be in office. So what is he saying here? As Biden, we revived the auto industry. It was a dead auto industry. We made solar energy cost competitive. No, you didn't. You steered contracts to corrupt congresswomen's brothers-in-law to create solar plants at government expense, you liar. You weatherized more than a million homes. Where are they? So you want more of this crap from, from the Democrats? Listen to me very carefully. Wherever the new Dem ideology has been tried, millions have died. Make no mistake about it. The Democrat Party is not the party of your father. Democrat Party is not the father of your grandfather, the party of your grandfather. The Democrat Party today is a hardcore, hard-left Communist Party USA. Their platform is almost indistinguishable from the CPUSA website, which has since been altered. If you want to know what this country will look like, study the history of the Soviet Union. If you want to know what this country will look like, study the history of China under Mao Zedong. If you want to know what this country will look like, study the sad history of Cambodia under Pol Pot. It will be like that to some degree or other. How virulently, I do not know. But I do know that's what will happen. I've asked some questions. I've stated some things. Again, the phone number here is 855-407-282. If you're streaming the show, the show is dominant as a streaming show. It's one of the largest streaming radio shows in the world. You can call the show anyway at 855-407-282. And I will remind you that anyone who gets through Jim Verde calls Screener Extraordinaire gets a free complimentary copy of Our Fight for America out today in bookstores everywhere. You may not find it in the right section. You may not find it at all. It could be in the back on the pet, uh, pets, cats. Would you please go to your local bookstore and make sure they're carrying our fight for America? I only need you to do this for a day or two. Could you make sure that the book is in the front of the store, not buried in the children's gardening section? If they don't have it, would you ask the left-wing clerk with green hair and nose rings to order and display it in the front of the store where it belongs. If the clerk becomes hostile or declines, uh, ask for the manager who's probably got greener hair and more nose rings and see what you get. Buy some copies of our Fight for America. Even if you already own one, buy one for a neighbor. How How to win friends and influence people. Give them a copy of our Fight for America. See how friendly your neighbors are. Give it to a husband that you don't want to live with anymore. Let's say you have a bad marriage right now and you want it to end, but you don't know how to end it. A really horrible, stinking marriage. And your husband or wife is a liberal and you're a conservative. Buy them a copy of our Fight for America. Say, honey, I got you a gift. That'll end it right on the spot. If you really got guts, carry it into an outdoor restaurant, a coffee shop. Carry it with you on an airplane, a train. Bicycle with a copy. Of course, keep it at home. Maybe you'll... Convince someone that there's an America number one and an America worth fighting for number two. 
Uh, you never know what might happen. That's what conversation is. Again, the phone number is 855 It's a very special day for me, a very special week for me. Not only did I never think I would write another book again. Look, I got to tell you, this has been a very hard year for me. I'm not going to play Hearts and Flowers. I'm not getting out the violin. But this has been the toughest winter and spring and summer of my life. I didn't think I would make it through the winter. You know, it's funny what happens to you, even if it's not lethal. Certain things change your life forever. You start seeing things differently. A lot of the subterranean stuff comes up. And a lot of your fears that you thought you had beaten suddenly become prominent again in your mind. You have to learn to overcome fears again like an infant learning to walk. But I did my shows. I never stopped doing my radio show. I reduced my schedule and I did my show. And I'm still doing my show. Slowly but surely I got stronger and I got better. I don't know where I'm at truthfully. I have no idea how to gauge that. I changed my lifestyle to some extent. I certainly was a fanatical diet guy going back 40 years. Unfortunately, over the last few years of radio and the stress of radio, I started to do junk food. When I say junk food, I was eating too much meat. I never really ate sugar. I wouldn't eat it. I hate it. It's poison. But I never, I stopped following the strict regimen that I wrote about many years ago. I just got sloppy. I figured I'd never get sick. And I'll tell you something about nature and God. The minute... You think you are immune, you're going to get slapped so hard, you may never recover. Watch out. Don't get arrogant. None of us should ever get arrogant because we don't know what, to, know what the next breath will bring, that will tomorrow. All right, so here I am, blah, blah, blah. It's September 15th. Book is out. I'm going up at like the greatest competition in the history of my publishing career. We got books attacking Trump out there that have massive publicity. I had no help from Trump. He didn't tweet about my book. No help from anyone on his team. They don't tweet about Savage, which is astonishing to me, by the way. And I am angry. I must tell you, I cannot understand how the social media gurus for Donald Trump make believe I don't exist when it's my ideas that got him elected to begin with. Just ask the people who know the truth. Go, go ask them. Why do this, why does the Trump people, why do they make believe I don't exist? Why? I don't know the answer. Jealousy, competition, uh, palace, intrigue, I don't know. So the book is out. I'm alone here on the radio show. I'm feeling great, by the way, thank God. I woke up ready for, for warfare today, meaning I'm feeling terrific. For me, warfare is feeling good. And I'm trying to tell you about my book. I'm trying to entertain you, I'm trying to change the course of history. I'm trying to prevent an economic and social collapse of America with my audience. <clears throat> and then Friday night, if you are a follower of the Judeo-Christian religion, is the holiest night of the year for Jewish people, which means it has enormous meaning for devout Christians as well. It's the eve of the Jewish New Year. God knows what year it is, 57 something or other. I don't remember anymore. So you have the Jewish people who have a contiguous history of almost 6,000 years. 6,000 years from ruling the Middle East to being slaves, from being gassed in the ovens of Europe to come back from the living dead, climb out of the holes, 
and the Jewish people are still here. All their enemies are gone. Romans are gone. Oh, there's Italians left, but the Roman Empire is gone. There were Germans left, but the Nazis are gone. And so this Friday night is an odd one for me. I'm not a religious man, but I'm, I'm observant of the cycles of a calendar, mine and other cultures, by the way. So this Friday night, for the first time, there's no synagogue to go to. The cowardly rabbis won't open their synagogues. They won't defy the government. Defy the government. They won't defy Governor Newsom. They won't defy Governor Cuomo. They won't defy any of the communist governors anywhere else in America and say, go to hell. I have freedom of religion. Some churches have opened. I am opening my synagogue on Friday night. You can go to hell. Arrest me if you want. That's what I would say if I were a rabbi. Come in and arrest me. Send your stormtroopers in. Send all the women in with their 40 caliber handguns and take us out of the synagogue and our prayer shawls. Go to hell. We're opening Friday night. We're going to social distance, but we're opening because God is bigger than you are, you tyrant, you. Now, you know, I think back on all the things I could have done in my life and things people have told me I should have done, could have done, would have done. I know I'm exactly where I should be right in front of this microphone. I could have been a rabbi. I could have been a guru. There's a show on HBO now called The Vow about a sex cult called Nexium or Nexium. I never knew much about it. And a lot of people, it was a basically a con man who was so glib. I watched this on HBO. It's pretty interesting how he conned all these people, a lot of them from Hollywood, actors, actresses, directors, and they all got swept up in his jerk's orbit. And I saw, wow, this guy is a good sale. What a con man. It was like a guru type, but uh, he was a guru who played a non-guru. He was like a guru who made believe he was a schmendrick who played volleyball. And then as it turned out, after he got this power and money, he started sleeping with the women secretly in a cult and having them branded with his initials on their thigh. I couldn't believe my eyes that women are that stupid in this cult that they let them brand their flesh with a symbol that they thought was one thing when it was his initials turned sideways. So I thought back, I said, I've always had the power to be a guru. People told me that 40 years ago. After all, I was a leader in the health food field. I was a leader in homeopathy and herbal medicine. But I never went into that area because I'm fundamentally too honest. I don't like to hurt people. I don't like to con people. And it all worked out much better for me anyway. I didn't need the 30 Rolls Royces. I could have them right now if I wanted them. I don't want 30 Rolls Royces. I don't need this. God didn't put me here or keep me here or keep me here today for that. So what am I here for? Maybe nothing. Maybe it's all nothing. Maybe the whole thing is nothingness. At the end of the day, do you think I really know? Do I have firm knowledge that there is a God and a hereafter? Do I really think we're rewarded for our good deeds and punished for our bad deeds in another world? Does it really matter if there's another world? No, what matters to me is this world. As a Chinese writer wrote years ago, this world, the only heaven. This is it. This is the only heaven there is to me. I know it's blasphemy to those of you who believe in an afterlife, but I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't know. How do I know it's tomorrow? What, what, what's going to be waiting on the other side? Do I communicate with people on the other side? Am I going to give you a, the BS job? I could do all of that. I could get up here and say, I've talked to my mother. I've talked to my father. I've seen God. I've seen God in my living room. I could be Jimmy Carter to sell a book. 
make believe I have a disease. All these guys get cancer just before their books come out. I never saw anything like it. They get cancer and they're alive 20 years later. How does it, what's the miracle cure? I, I don't understand it. What people will do for a buck? Wow. But in my heart, my heart, the heart, my heart, my only heart, in my only little heart, thump, 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 I really believe. Now, notice the word believe, belief. Think about the word belief. If you look at the root of the word belief, I believe. I do not know, but I believe. I have faith that there is a God and there is a hereafter. I don't know, but I believe. Man cannot know. Man is kept in the dark. So if if there's a God, why does God keep us in the dark? Why does God not let us know for sure that our good deeds will be rewarded and our bad deeds will be punished? Why doesn't he let us know from me? Can't you come here and talk to me? And then I realized that there's a reason for the silence of God. I realized it's the most brilliant thing ever created is this idea, this concept called God that you can't see, can't touch, can't feel. It's brilliant because only in the unknowing can we know. I don't want to start sound like a guru now, start the guru job, but only in the unknowing can we know, and moreover, only in the unknowing can we behave. Man is such a wild creature. Man is such a defiant creature. Man is such a potentially perverse creature that the only way for God to control him is to be invisible. Let me leave it at that for the moment. I'll be back momentarily on the Savage Nation. Savage. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. It is the Savage Nation. Our fight for America is truly our epic fight for America. And I want to take some calls. I got great calls, great, great callers. Let's go to Jim in California, Jim Line 5. Let's limit it to 30 seconds. Go ahead, please. I just want to say that you are the Joshua of our generation. You are a forerunner. Uh, You are proof that there's a God and that he speaks through you. He speaks deliverance. And he did it for me. When I was in college, I was a card-carrying, flaming liberal, a registered Democrat, family, whole family, union Democrats died in the wool. I listened to your program, and I'd never heard anyone like you. And what you said was poignant. It was cogent. 
and it just it's like it cleared the cobwebs away it that's literally beautiful. that's beautiful to hear number one I, because we're going to run out of time and i don't want to sit here like in a supercilious way and say thank you but thank you number one but number two there is no one like me god broke the mold after he made me one was enough but jim why did he create me and give me this powerful insight these insights and this voice this despite the trials and tribulations of the media career that I have been involved in, the boycotts, the other stuff that I've had to deal with, I still fight. Why? Because I actually believe that I have a mission. Another man would retire, would have retired after he got sick last year, wouldn't he? Absolutely. What am I going to retire? What should I retire to? I don't golf. I don't play tennis. I like boating well enough to do it once a week. I'm going to live on a boat. I walk around Fort Lauderdale with all the old Italians looking for topless women to look at. You can't do it. I mean, you can't be on the beach. But that's what they did in Fort Lauderdale. They left Staten Island and Brooklyn. They walked around on the, on the topless beach. That was their retirement. You know, pasta fazul. I mean, you know, that's what you like. But anyway, I'm going to send you a copy. Thank you for the kind words of our fight for America. I'll be back in the next hour with God's will and your listenership. Please be here. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Donald Trump climate denial may not have caused these fires and record floods and record hurricanes but if he gets a second term these hellish events will continue to become more common okay more let's, devastating so here's the problem with joe biden let me explain something the the longer he remains silent and buried in the basement and simply a sock puppet of bernie sanders and the squad the higher his numbers went but every time this loser pops out of his hiding place and reads a speech written for a sophomore somewhere in Brooklyn, we realize how dangerous he is. Here we have these hellish fires in California, which we all know has nothing whatsoever to do with Donald Trump. It'd be like saying cancer in Cambodia is a result of Donald Trump's international health policies. The guy's crazy. We know why there are hellish fires in California. Even liberals who are rational understand part of the problem is the fact that the forests have not been cleared properly of dead trees, dead brush. Everyone knows that. Even liberals who are rational know that. So they don't make any points by saying, is Donald Trump not signing on to the global warming hysteria? But he has to throw it in. And after posing as the kinder alternative, the man who would bring us together, we suddenly see what he is, a senile hack who will wrestle against America's best interests. 
tr- climate denial now. Five million acres are burned because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump was out here yesterday. He met with uh, a number of people, firefighters and stuff. And he met with Governor Newsom. And it was interesting to see that Governor Newsom and President Trump got along with each other. They were very smart to have orchestrated in advance a, 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 a joint front against this devastation. It's been horrible. I have never lived through anything like this in the, in the state of California, which was once the Golden State. Remember, I'm a guy from New York who went west, young man went west, and I built my life. Now there's a lot of pull to the east. A lot of pull, like go east, young man, go east. I don't want to be here anymore. Because if you think this is the last natural disaster we're going to have, you're mistaken. California has become a social disaster for a long time. It started a long time ago with the the hippie movement. And we all thought it was just going to be, you know, fun. Beads and bongs and beauties. Beads, bongs and beauties. And then we saw things going crazy here. Just nuts. The ultra left seized upon this kindness that was in the air and wrestled the kindness away from the California that I loved and started to turn it into a hellhole. And then a strange thing happened. Bums started to crap in the streets of San Francisco and liars like Pelosi made believe it wasn't happening. Just as Black Lives Matter, uh, do you know who they really are? And you're still pretending that they're social justice warriors out for justice. They're not hardened criminals, most of them, using stupid white children as their weapons of choice. The brainwashed girls, mainly, who come out of the colleges completely confused as though they went into a cult, a Nexium cult, just as the Nexium cult brainwashed girls into thinking that they would uh, be better off if they became the sex slave of the guru. These, these children go into the colleges and come out a cultist of the far-left ideology that has destroyed millions of people. It's a cult. It's just a cult. So California is no longer here. There is no California anymore. It's gone forever. It will never be the same. People have changed from the COVID, they've, the lockdowns. People are paranoid, more paranoid than ever. They won't look you in the eye. They won't shake your hand. They look at you like you're a, a, a living germ. Everyone looks at each other like they're dangerous enemies. This will ne- you think in your lifetime people are suddenly going to embrace each other again? Forget about it. The California that I knew is over. California dream has long been over because of liberal policies, which have led bums literally defecate in the street in front of restaurants without arresting them. They put handcuffs on the police. Instead of the police rounding up these bums and putting them in the mental hospitals that were closed by Jerry Brown's father, they let them turn all of San Francisco into an outpatient ward, where even liberals were complaining for years to Feinstein and Pelosi, the empresses of our time, who said, let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. As long as they have their lattes and their cafes, they won't do anything. And they continued to sack the treasury to their own betterment. And it got worse and worse and worse until now the city looks like something out of an apocalyptic movie. All the places that I used to love are boarded up, covered with graffiti, and crawling along the streets are the human refuse of our time, held up as sacred cows, 
No one could say one word about him. The vermin who run the city put them up in hotels at taxpayer expense instead of putting them in places that they belong in, like mental hospitals. They put them up in the Mark Hopkins Hotel on Pacific, on uh, Knob Hill. And they paid $200, $250 a night per bum. Are you, are you believing a word I'm saying? The same in New York. This is what happens when ultra-liberalism takes over. It's ultimately ultra-corruption. Uh, ultra-corruption. So then what do you have on the other side? That's the problem. So people say, okay, I believe you, Savage, you're right, but I'm not voting for Trump no matter what. Why? Why aren't you voting for Trump? You're doing so bad? You mean that if Biden had been president, there'd be no COVID epidemic? Nobody would have died from it? How? Tell me how nobody would have died from it if the, the deranged Biden had been president. He said what he would have done. He's the same thing what Trump did. And I don't want to go into defending Trump again. As an, I, I'm sick of it. I'm just sick of it. So I'm going to ask you again. Uh, if you're near a computer or on an iPhone, again, I don't need the traffic. It's not going to put 10 cents in my pocket. I'm past caring about 10 cents in my pocket. But for the sake of a mind game, go to michaelsavage.com and look at the pictures I put up of me in my 18 to 22 year age bracket. There's three different images of me. Who would he vote for, I ask? There's the me sitting on the fender of an AC Bristol with a smashed-in headlight with tape on it. I can remember to this day, I remember how I felt that day. I, I just, a strange thing about time, how compressed it is. There, all past, present, and future is one, by the way. So there he is, the young Michael, sitting on the fender of a car. It was a leased rented car, whatever it was. I couldn't afford it. I was, who the hell, I had no, no money. But I was crazy about fast cars. Then on the right, there's me in this jacket of some kind, an Army-Navy store surplus on the campus of Queens College, and looking, looking good, looking dominant, trying to look tough. All boys had to try to be tough. Well, they have their butt kicked. You had to show that you weren't afraid. Even if you were afraid, you made believe you weren't afraid. There's nothing to really be afraid of then. They didn't open up the campuses to the, uh, the uh, experts that they have there now. It was a place of learning and of fun. You worked hard or you didn't make it. It was that simple. Everyone there was really on the hustle to get good grades. There were no idiots breaking glass. There were no idiots talking about Karl Marx. It was filled with the children of working class parents who worked their behinds off to make an A or a B. They got to be there considered stupid. I remember you had a study... It was a city college, by the way, City College in New York, that followed the curriculum of the University of Chicago with 100 great books. Can you believe that? 100 great books? Now there's only one great book, that of the Communist Manifesto. That's the one great book now. The one great book is, it's a, you know, it's like very much like the ideology of, of uh, the left's ideology is similar in some ways to the fanaticism of the radical Islamists. The radical Islamists don't believe in literature. They don't believe in poetry. They don't believe in science. They don't believe in art. They believe in the single sufficiency of communism, of Marxism, of the one book, the Communist Manifesto. And then you had the Islamists who burned the library at Alexandria when they invaded Egypt thousands of years ago. They burned the library to the ground because the Islamists believed in the single sufficiency of the single book, the Quran. They didn't want any other books. They were book burners. 
The left basically are book burners with their cancel ideology. The cancel culture is that of fascism, to cancel people based on their ideology. That's fascism. That's not openness. It's not liberalism. It's not progressivism. It's fascism. Then out of this cancer comes a group called Black Lives Matter, founded by anti-family, anti-capitalist, anti-male, anti-Christian, anti-white fanatics. And you got morons, millions of idiots signing on to them, including American corporations, that boycott my show and other shows in the media, if you can believe it, signing on to a, a violent organization that would put them out of business if they could. Because co- corporations fundamentally have no soul. They have no, no soul whatsoever. There's only one direction for a corporation, which is the bottom line. They, they have no soul. They have no mind, no heart. They're like a cyclops thinking only of the bottom line without the consequences of their, of their behavior or actions. That's what most corporations are, unfortunately. So this is where we are. So I'm asking you again in a roundabout way, <clears throat> your 18-year-old self, your 20-year-old self, what would they think about right now? What would that boy, that young man that I show you on my website, bearing my early self with early photographs, me on the car, me with the jacket on the campus, me sitting with a plant at Reed College one summer studying psychology, who would they vote for? If they were listening to me, what would they think? If I were a guy 18 to 20 years old, me, the, the guy being me, and someone said, you got to listen to this guy Savage on the radio, and I tune in and say, I've heard this garbage before, some right-wing nut, I don't want to listen to him. That's what I would say superficially if I didn't really listen to him. If I was impatient and I didn't really hear what he was saying, I'd say, well, wait a minute, you don't know who this guy is. He's written almost 30 books. Really big deal, I never heard of him. Well, he's written, it's, what are his books? They're all this fiction, nonfiction garbage, right? This right-wing crap, no. No, 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 you don't know who he is. He began as a poet and as a short story writer and playwright. So what? He became a right-wing nut who supported Trump. No, that's not who he is. That's a part of him, but that's not who he is. Well, he never wrote fiction, therefore he is not a writer. Yes, he did. He published three best-selling novels. Well, I never heard of them. Now, you never heard of them? Why not? Well, I wasn't in the Paris Review. It wasn't about a gay or a lesbian subject. It wasn't about someone coming out of the closet and discovering their sexuality when they were three years old. I, I mean, oh, I see. Well, maybe he did write a book. Let me look into his book. What did he write? Abuse of Power, Time for War. I'm looking at uh, Countdown to Mecca. What else did he write? He wrote a lot of really good books. He wrote a book about his dog called Teddy and Me, Confessions of a Service Human. Oh, that's cute. What's that about? Just dog pictures? No, he's got stories in there. Some beautiful children's stories. I don't know that about him. I thought he was some right-wing guy. Well, maybe if you took a minute, you'd know who I am and you'd know the depth of me. And maybe then you would read my nonfiction book today, which is my last stab at saving America. It's called Our Fight for America. Maybe you, young man, would come to understand that your future hangs in the balance. That all the freedoms that you now enjoy as you probably know from the school you're in that you're picked on if you're a white guy, you're told that you're no good, that your race is no good, your religion is no good, your very skin is no good, you're told to hate yourself, 
Now, you don't really believe it, but you go along with it because you don't want to feel like you're an outsider, right, young man? Isn't that who you are? You're sitting here listening to people tell you to hate yourself, and you don't understand that you are in a war for your survival and that you better join the right side or you're going to be gone with the wind, young man? Well, anyway, those are some of my thoughts on this day of publication of my book called Our Fight for America. If you care to comment, we have one open line at 855-407-282, and I promise you I will get to the callers, each of whom will get a free copy of that book the minute I return on the Savage Nation. Savage. to make sure you have a president in the White House who actually sees you, who understands your needs, who understands uh, the dignity of your work, and who oh, has please. your back. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's stop the, stop the presses. Kamala Harris <laughs> just leaked the fact that she is the real candidate, that Biden is a, just the front man until the election or a little thereafter. You want a Harris administration? She polled a 2% when she ran. You want, she just said a Harris administration. She's, she let the cat out of the bag. She let the cat out of the bag. Oh, my God. Oh, and you don't know it. My God. Well, now you know why you're not seeing me tonight on Laura Ingram or, or the others who pretend to be such wild and crazy independents. They're corporate people. What I love about the people on Fox, and they're not bad people, some of them. Some of them are really bad people. The one who breaks bricks is the worst person on the planet. The one who tells you about his martial arts is the worst person that I've ever run into in the world who pretends he's a great American. But I don't want to go into my personal vendettas because I leave vengeance to God. I've had really bad people in my life, and I've always said, let God seek the vengeance, not me. Their life is not yet over. I guarantee you the brick breaker has not yet come up against God. He will. And the more he preaches about God, the more God says, you wait and see what I have in store for you, Johnny. Okay? But you're not going to see me on Laura Ingram, who came on my show three times before she became a big star to peddle her book. Remember, she came on the show three times. She begged me. Then she became a big star on Fox News, got, got out the cross. I remember all these things. And I, I say one thing to all of them. Be careful how you treat people on the way up because you're going to meet them all on the way down. You're going to meet them all on the way down. And I've been down so long, it is up for me, to use an, an old phrase. I have been out so long, it's starting to look like in to me. I've been outside so long that I'm starting to feel like it's the inside because I am a real American. We're all outsiders. Do you understand that? Savage. You know, I'm looking at a story about the Israeli delegation that was in the White House today. They were fighting with the U.S. Secret Service. The Israeli Secret Service was fighting with the U.S. Secret Service over wearing masks or not in the Oval Office. I'm saying this is an amazing story. Israel wants, wanted to wear masks with Netanyahu. The Trump people said no masks, no social distancing. Israeli security said, no, you have to social distance and wear a mask. So I, I, I got to go back to what I'm talking about here, COVIDism. And it's an interesting story unto itself. I mean, we have a public health disaster for sure. Don't underestimate it. I'm not in the buffoon camp 
of high school dropouts or people who went to law school and think they're experts on every subject under the sun. No, no. I understand public health better than anybody in the American media because I was in the field. I was never in the buffoon camp. Uh, I've never said COVID-19 was just like the flu, like some of the, bu- the buffoons. Uh, that was exaggerated by the Democrats just to harm Donald Trump's re-election chances. No, the virus is not just like the flu. It kills more people and it kills some people the flu doesn't. It is a dangerous virus that must be taken seriously. But you have to understand that this epidemic is no different from others in some ways. That is not to understate, understate its danger. But from the beginning, look back at my tweets in February. I said, selective quarantine, selectively quarantine those most at risk groups, the homeless, the aged, those with underlying conditions and other groups that we knew were at higher risk of getting COVID. You isolate them, you put them in lockdown, not the whole society. But because the politicians are cowardly, every last one of them, They didn't want to isolate communities that were at greater risk because they would have been called sexist, racist, homophobic, you name it. So he said, well, lock the whole country, the whole state down. And then no one can accuse us of any any prejudice. And that became the public health disaster and the financial disaster that America is living through. We knew it was clustered in urban centers. I've studied epidemics since graduate school. Yet the demonic and power-mad petty bureaucrats in the NIH and CDC and the governors in many states, mainly Democrat governors, made everyone suffer equally, whether they lived in a high-risk urban area or not. It made no sense to close down all of California. It made no sense to close down all of New York State when everyone knows the disease clustered in New York City. We knew in San Francisco, and we knew that in Northern California, Rural Northern California never should have been closed down. I argued with the governor for months, but they had to do it. The answer to that question is, why did Cuomo do it and the other, other Dem governors? The answer is simple. It's what I call public health affirmative action. Public health affirmative action. They didn't want to be seen as discriminatory or racist to the largely minority communities in the urban centers that were uh, getting the disease at a higher rate. That's likely would have happened if they had limited the closures to the cities and left the largely Caucasian rural areas open. Public health affirmative action. All of what I just said to you is found on page 82 of our fight for America. So you say, well, why should I buy the book? There's your answer. I mean, you know, the truth has a certain value and you need the information. You need the power to argue with people. I've given it to you. And I'm never going to be able to give it to you like I do now because we're never going to live in a time like this again. Listen, let me take a deep breath. This too shall pass. The book will come out. It'll sell whatever copies it sells. I'll go on. I won't talk about the book much anymore at a certain point, whether it's a few days or a few weeks from now. There will be an election, and one white man or another will win. It will either be the old Biden or the old Trump that will win. And then all all hell will break loose in this country. Because we know that if Trump wins, the left is ready to strike. They will increase their burning and looting. We'll hear more about uh, things that don't exist that aren't real to justify their looting and their burning. Uh, The governors have released thousands upon thousands of violent felons into the streets under the pretext of COVID. They really wanted to empty the prisons in time for the rioting. They wanted to empty the prisons in time uh, for the epidemic. They wanted to empty the prisons in time for the vote of voting of felons. They wanted to release the violent felons in order to intimidate you at the polling place. Wait until you see. I'm predicting again what's going to happen.
You remember a number of years ago, the Black Panthers were outside some polling places with sticks? Do you remember this? You forgot it, huh? That was before Obama. You don't think that the uh, BLM thugs are going to be outside polling places threatening you? Well, I hope I'm wrong. But little birdie tells me I'm right. And what are you going to do then? When we lose America's fundamental core of the whole core of this country, which is the vote. That's all we have left. We have nothing left. So not only did they want to hijack the voting in person with mail-in ballots, which we know are uh, of uh, the road to perdition. We all know what mail-in ballots are all about. Everyone knows it's subject to fraud. They had, listen, the same people who are arguing there's no fraud in mail-in ballots told you that illegal aliens don't vote. Nancy Pelosi's been arguing for years that we don't need voter ID because she doesn't want to lose the illegal alien vote in California, right? How could a woman like her, an octogenarian who is so god-awful hated by most voters, how could she maintain her power so long were it not for the illegal alien? How could Feinstein, who is perhaps the most corrupt senator in American history by every measure imaginable, who had a Chinese driver who was a known spy and it got swept under the rug because there's no newspaper or media in California. There's just newsmen and weathermen and weatherwomen. I turn on the local news, it's the same garbage. I started watching again for the pollution reports, the same garbage. They switch right away from the pollution level to the big lie. Whites bad, minorities good. Only criminals are white people. All minorities are suffering. The same garbage over and over again. Nothing has changed in the local news. There we are again. Now that's the answer as to how these people maintain their power. So they want to maintain the status quo, which is of corrupt voting. Total and absolute corrupt voting. It's unheard of for people at this level of questionable behavior in office to maintain their power for so long were it not for the corrupt vote. The illegal alien, the unions, the, the SEIU is there in their pocket. They run the state through the SEIU. They run the state of California through the Service Employees International Union. The SEIU controls the vote through the illegal alien. That's why Pelosi and Feinstein and Schumer and the others fought against voter ID. They called it racist. And you know it's a lie. These are the same people who are saying mail-in ballots are perfectly fine. Again, they want to throw the election. They want to, again, guarantee that they can throw the election the way that famous guy fixed the 1919 World Series. Who was it? Does anyone know that? You know the name, Jimmer. Who fixed the 1918 or 1919 World Series? Arnold Rothstein. Arnold Rothstein bribed ballplayers in the, in the uh, World Series to throw the World Series, if you can believe it. That's what happened. I know you say, oh, it couldn't. Come on. That's like Pelosi saying there's no illegal aliens voting. You want to believe that? Well, now you know why bums are crapping in the streets of San Francisco, because you have no voice. When you raise your voice and said, I'm a Democrat, but I don't like this, they said, go to hell, you become a fascist. Or when you raise your voice, you said, you don't like Black Lives Matter beating people up in the street or breaking windows, they called you a Ku Klux Klan member. They had an immediate answer to shut you right down. When your daughter raised it in and said, no, not all white people are racist, they called her a Nazi in college, right? She came home crying. That's why America is dying. That's why I wrote our fight for America. Wherever the new Democrat ideology has been tried, millions have died. Notice I said the new Democrat ideology, that one of 
a Harris administration or a Biden administration. Remember, they're being driven by whom? By the most fanatical, anti-white, anti-American, racist America has ever seen in the history of the world. That would be occasional cortex, Ayesha Presley, uh, Omar, Ilan Omar, and one other whose name I forget. They're driving the Democrat Party into outright Maoism in this country. At least that's how I see it, and I've studied history well enough to know what I'm talking about. Make no mistake about it. How can America win the war with itself? First, understand that there is still an America worth fighting for. It's an idea and an ideal. And that if you, if you lose, as flawed as he is, he is all we have between us and them. Maybe any more clear than that? The king said, après moi le deluge, and he was right. What came after that king said, après moi le deluge? The French Revolution. The guillotine killed hundreds of thousands of French people. If you want a civil war to break out in this country, vote for Biden because they're ready to go. They are ready to go. So what are we going to do about it? Let me take some calls. That's what I'm going to do about it because I can't believe this hour is almost gone. You know, I told you, since I got little that health shot last December, I've been doing couple of days off a week to recover, but I didn't want to leave my audience in the lurch. I, I still wanted to communicate with you. So I was doing largely three days a week. I'm not taking a whole week off. I haven't gone anywhere, no vacation. Family travels, I don't. They want me to go somewhere, I don't go. Then this thing comes, the COVID lockdown, then the, the airplane lockdown, then, the, then the, you can't go anywhere, you know. Then the, the smoke, now a nightmare. I, I never saw anything like this. 30 days the particulate matter is as fine as that of the remains of a cremation, like a cremation remain in, a, in an urn. That's what we've been breathing in. You rub your hands on it. You can't believe it with a fine particulate matter. That's what we're living through. It's like a nuclear war happened. It's like a post-nuclear war here in California, with the, except for the radiation. Whole regions are gone. And that bum, that basement bum, that's a nice combo. Call Biden the basement bum. Biden the basement bum has the nerve to come out and take a tragedy like natural wildfires to try to blame Trump for it. How the hell can a country survive such a low life as that and the weathermen and weather women in the news? Because all they are is weathermen and weather, weather women. They're just weather. They look at like a, a thing that spins around. They say the thing's spinning northeast, west, or south. That's all they know. The wind's coming in, it's going to blow it here, it's going to blow it. That's all they know, and even that they don't know. And they're the ones who are going to tell you about racial justice in America? Those idiots, those empty skirts and suits in the media? They're still at it in the local news. The same. I couldn't believe it. I hadn't looked at the local news in 30 years. They're the same people. Some of them are still there. How could they still be there? Anyway, before I go on to the calls, and God, am I out of time. I could do another eight hours. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. Each night, each night I say to God, okay, do I have another day? Let me have one more day. That's all I want. Because all we all have is that one night. Did you know that? You don't know. It's very pessimistic to say. But if I read the Jewish prayer book, which I do once in a while when I want to do it, the first prayer to the religious, I'm sorry, the first prayer to the religious person of Jewish heritage in the authentic prayer book, not the fake one, not the mock book that really wants to be something else, doesn't want to, it wants to be anything but Jewish. Well, Reformed Jews never wanted to be Jews to begin with. They're ashamed of the Judaism. They hide it. The first prayer 
in the morning blessing says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has formed man in wisdom and created within him numerous orifices and cavities. It is revealed and known before the throne of your glory that if one of them were to be blocked or one of them were to be opened, it would be impossible to exist even for a short while. I got chills as I'm reading this to you. Blessed are you, Lord, who heals all flesh and performs wonders. How did the ancient Hebrews know about orifices and cavities that if one of them were to be blocked, one of them to be opened, we would die? How did they know that? And why are we reminded of this every day that we live? Why? Because if we're not reminded of it, we become a street radical, a bum, a street radical bum who thinks he can burn the society to the ground and there will be no penance for it. They are so mistaken, they have no idea what's coming. But I can tell you right now, they've seen nothing yet. Soon a tidal wave will hit them like they cannot believe. Savage. You know, I'm sometimes amazed at things I say. I told you that they're going to be hit with a tidal wave, these rioters, Black Lives Matter and the other thugs. A miracle just happened. A judge threw a million-dollar bail at a bunch of them up in uh, Pennsylvania, and they couldn't meet bail. A million-dollar bail each. I'm telling you that they're going to face consequences for this. Then something else just happened that's a miracle. Donald Trump Jr. just retweeted a picture of my book, and he said, congrats to Michael Savage on the new book. Looking forward to a great read. Get your copy of The War Continues Now. I want to say this. Donald Trump Jr. is a stand-up guy. I don't care what you hear about anybody or any of them. I know this family. They never forget their friends, nor do they ever forget their enemies. They never forget who was with them from the beginning. They know the two-faced phonies who stabbed them in the back during 2015, who now pretend that they're their greatest friend. I want to thank you, Donald Trump Jr. You said you would do it. I never pushed you on it, and you did it. That's a big deal. He's got a lot of followers. He's really respected. 5.6 million followers is not something to sneeze at. Don Trump Jr. said he would do it, and he did it. So I just retweeted it on michaelsavage.com, on, um, at a Savage Nation Twitter feed. And, of course, the big story to me on this day of the launch of my book is that the vermin in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the so-called protesters, these violent vermin, were given $1 million bail after their riots. 12 adults, one juvenile charged for allegedly rioting. This is a guy comes out with a knife. The poor cops called on a domestic violence case, the most dangerous of all. And this guy comes out with a knife, tries to kill a cop, Ricardo Munoz, mentally ill 27-year-old, charges a cop with a knife. What do you want the cop to do, call a social worker? Call Nancy Pelosi's ice cream salesman to stop him? What would you do if someone comes at you with a knife? So they shot and killed this nut outside his mother's house who called the police in downtown Lancaster. What happened? Right away, the left-wing mob, Bernie Sanders and his friends, they throw bottles, bricks, gallon jugs filled with urine, road barricades. They damage a car. Twelve adults and a teen given a million-dollar bail. Take a look at them. We got their picture up on michaelsavage.com. Go ahead. I told you they're going to be hit with a tidal wave. I told you there's miracles in the works. Well, it happened. The tide is turning. There are more miracles coming. 
And with God's will and your listenership, I'll be here again tomorrow. The Westwood One Podcast Network.